When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want to take a minute to thank everyone who has been a member of my Patreon family. These wonderful people support the podcast and you too can be part of this and get your name read out loud by going to patreon.com searching for set lusting bruce and for as little as a few bucks a month your name could be on here and you could get access to unedited videos of the podcast i want to say thank you to mary thomas chris bloom anna lynn terry smith dale hosick Captain America, a.k.a. Steve Rogers, Stephen Malio, Levi Petrie, Betsy Hodges, John Munson, Bella Pori, Rob Barnett, Randy Brown, Steve Vanzak, Yetta, Liz Brunson, Sylvian Groth, Jeff Ulmer, Jennifer and David Van Evers, and Sean Poole. Thank you guys for your support. It means the world to me. And now on to the show. Hello everyone, Jesse here. There was a little bit of a internet problem on my discussion with Eric. It clears up after the first 10 or so minutes, but be patient with us. You can understand it. There's just a little bit of a weak signal and uh, you may think, oh, I'm losing the podcast, but no, that was just our file. So enjoy. We went to see Bruce one of the nights. I forget one night. And it was a good show. I had enough appreciation. I'd been to enough concerts at that point to understand that I just saw something that was really good. I couldn't put it into anything beyond that. I went. I said, eh, okay, great. Got to see Bruce Springsteen. Went home. Didn't change my love. for. At that point, I was into Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and, and all the... Now, that was the grunge era, Nirvana, all that shit. Bruce, at that point, especially the 92, 93 side... All the happy albums, I had no use for that at 16 years old with my teenage angst uh, to listen to Bruce Springsteen and the happy songs. Better Days meant nothing to me at 16 when I listened to Smells Like Teen Spirit. So I left and that was it. I graduated high school and then I went to college and all that stuff. And then I went back, 1999, the reunion tour, went back again on the Bisco's dime, thanking the Bisco, and saw the E Street Band. And at that point, I was 20, so 90, 99, might have been 2000, whatever that 15 show run at the arena was that year. It was 99. It was August 15th of 99, I believe. And it was the last show of that run, the 15th show. And I walked in, eh, and I walked out. It was like, it's like when you see those movies and the cliche thing where the preacher puts the hand on someone's head and takes it off and they've seen the light. And that's what I can best describe it as. I walked out of the Meadowlands arena that night at the end of Rosalie. And I was it, man. I was sold hook, line, sinker, whatever cliche you want. 
I was all in on Bruce Springsteen. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. Eric and I have just spent 15 minutes talking about bourbon. You may want to, if you are not a member of my Patreon, you may want to join if you're a fan of bourbon just to hear our pre-talk. Eric, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Thank you, Jesse. It's good to be here. It's always fun to talk Bruce. And uh, yeah, we were disagreeing about Bruce, but yet we found enough common ground here to connect, which, which is usually the way it goes, right? Absolutely. By the way, Eric and I were exchanging back and forth on the X, formerly known as Twitter, and had a wonderful debate about different feelings about the tour and the set list. And I reached out to him. I said, hey, you want to join me? And he said, yeah, sure. I'm looking forward to that. Though, as we're recording this, everything's gone topsy-turvy, and Bruce now has septic ulcer, and we are all just wishing him the best. Yeah, man, he, I, and we'll get into it, but I saw the show Sunday night at MetLife. Yeah. And apparently he had it then, too. That's most, that must have been what the Philly cancellations were about. And yeah, uh, the fact that he went up there and did that show with that situation going on, that makes it even, the show was amazing. Again, we'll get more into it as we go, but yeah. But it makes it even more astounding. The guy's he is who he is, and we're, we all love him. And but that just makes it that's a whole other level of, of commitment to your fans and to to making it happen on stage, man. It was tremendous. I I, I can't imagine walking around with that issue, let alone doing what he did Sunday night. No, so I I wish him the best. We all do, and I think they'll be back next summer for a full another full trip around, and we'll get to go back out there and and see him again when he's a little healthier. Yeah, my, that's my hope. I I had tickets for Columbus. That was my wife gave me a get out of jail free card. You're allowed to go to one more show. Just pick whatever you want. I have friends in Columbus, so I pick that. And then I have a bonus show that I'm hoping won't get canceled. I'm going to see Arizona at the end of November because we have an office that's outside of Phoenix, two or two and a half, three hours outside of Phoenix. So I I convinced my boss with transparency, hey, I want to go to the office, but I'm timing it around a Bruce show. And he said, rolled his eyes, said, of course you are. <laughs> and so we worked it out. Yeah. No, I've yeah. done that plenty of times. Yeah. So I always like to start at the beginning. Tell me, where did you grow up and what kind of music was your family listening to? I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, how cliche is that? This conversation. I grew up, we're in New Jersey. I said, you've seen The Sopranos? That's where I grew up. Great. I was grew up with Town Called Livingston, with The Sopranos in Caldwell. It's the next town over. So that's very much the suburban life in terms of the look. Not, not the way we live, but the look of what I saw growing up day to day. And yeah, so about 15 miles outside New York City, 12 to 15 miles outside the Meadowlands. That's where I grew up. Grew up in, born in the 70s, grew up in the 80s, really. Family-wise, my mother was the music person. Uh, my father, he likes classic rock, what I would consider classic rock, which is The Doors and Janis Joplin, Hendrix, that kind of stuff. But he was never like, he was never playing it. It was never like a thing for him. He enjoys it, but it's not, I would consider music part of my identity. And my father, definitely not. My mother, on the other hand, was, yes, that was her life. She loved 50s and 60s rock and roll, the early stuff. She turned me on like anytime we got in the car, it was CBS oldies radio with cousin Brucey. If anybody knows this area, cousin Brucey is an icon. I think he's still with us and we would just get in the car and that's what we listened to. And my mother is one of those people growing up. She had hundreds of 45s and back then it was all singles. Like it is now it's going to come full circle. It uh, has, hasn't it? Gone away. Yeah. But she has like somewhere in the basement, like literally hundreds and hundreds of 45s. My mother could tell you the A side and the B side. It knows every word to every song that comes on the radio. So that was it growing up. Like in my between five and 10, I just remember just nothing but R&B and the old, all that old R&B stuff, all that early rock and roll, probably the same stuff that Bruce grew up on really and influenced him. That's the stuff I listened to. 
And then my mother, then my mother tried to introduce me to the Beatles. And then you get to that age when you're like eight or 10, you start revolting against whatever your parents, everything your parents like is, likes is stupid and, and not worth investing in. And so where my daughter is now, when I play things for her, she's 10 now. So I'm seeing it through the new generation, but that was the introduction. So very much, I think my mother planted the seeds and it's funny now I love all that stuff, all that old rock and roll. So I, I think my mother had a plan. And those seeds she planted 40, 40 something years ago, they've all definitely blossomed into everything I love now and definitely the foundation for everything I love now. So I'm smiling wi- widely because I find there are, in general terms, two kinds of guests. The guests that embrace their parents' music and then as they got older, just opened wider and just added more to the basket, right? The others reject their parents' right. music till they get about 30 and then go, this Johnny Cash that dad loved might have had a little something. <laughs> Not right. Johnny Cash in your part, but right. yes, that right. finding this classic rock and roll. So that you that is a very typical story, Eric. Yeah, again, if you love music, especially rock and roll, you eventually work your way back anyway to to the foundation of it the beginning to the chuck berries to the the early blue stuff and yeah all that early little richard and all that stuff you just work your way back i think steven van zandt my mother could probably spend many hours chewing it up over over the old rock and roll because i listen to him talk about stuff it reminds me a lot of my mother in that car growing up telling me about this thing she knew all the stories she was a fan so i got a lot of education in the car and when i hear steven go on and on i said oh man i wish i get my mother and him in a room together they're near the same age and i think they could just go for hours about the old stuff oh. it, it really reminds me a lot of it absolutely hello pantheon podcast listeners christian swain here to tell you more about my experience with raycon earbuds our family now has three pairs of raycon earbuds around the house and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Can you remember when you first discovered Bruce and what about his music spoke to you? So I, again, I didn't discover Bruce. I grew up in New Jersey. Bruce was just part of what it is. It's forced upon you. And it's just part of being here. It's a source of pride. And it's also a source of, 
enough already, I think, when you're growing up. And so I have this, I discovered Bruce and then rediscovered Bruce and then rediscovered him again. So and I, I remember very clearly when I was 10 years old, that I was 80, 85, 86, that, that area. And I was in Born in the USA came out. And Michael Jackson's Thriller was still around. And Madonna's Like a Virgin. And Cyndi Lauper, She's So Unusual. And all that stuff. Prince's Purple Rain. All those albums, that's all very much the same time frame uh, in my memory. And so I was a huge fan of Born in the USA. Huge fan. Knew all the songs. with The MTV tie-in. All that stuff. Again, 10 years old. And then... I lost track of it, to be honest with you, because then I went to junior high school and that became the hair metal. That was my life. Skid Row, Motley Crue, Bon Jovi, <clears throat> embarrassingly enough. I picked the wrong New Jersey act. Uh, and then I still love Bon Jovi. My first ever concert, I love, I will defend Bon Jovi and my love for it. But but that was, that was my, that was that time. Junior high school was definitely, and then at that point, I Bruce had done Tunnel of Love and I had no no need for Tunnel of Love at 16 years old at that point in my life we can come back to that later on yes but at that point i didn't get it didn't relate to it didn't then do nothing to do with me so at that point i rejected it i went to see bruce in 92 three that tour the other band tour and it was the first time i ever saw bruce i was with my whole family my mother worked for an abisco at the time and we had access to their luxury suite and we used to go to a lot of shows through the luxury suite, through the salespeople and everything. And we went to see Bruce one of the nights. I forget one night. And it was a good show. I had enough appreciation. I'd been to enough concerts at that point to understand that I just saw something that was really good. I couldn't put it into anything beyond that. I went, I said, eh, okay, great. Got to see Bruce Springsteen, went home. Didn't change my love for, at that point, I was into Pearl Jam and Allison Chains and Soundgarden. And, and all the now that was the grunge era, Nirvana, all that shit. Bruce at that point, especially the 92, 93 side, all the happy albums, I had no use for that at 16 years old with my teenage angst uh, to listen to Bruce Springsteen and the happy songs. Better Days meant nothing to me at 16 when I listened to Smells Like Teen Spirit. So I left and that was it. I graduated high school and then I went to college and all that stuff. And then I went back, 1999, the reunion tour. Went back again on the Bisco's dime, thanking the Bisco, and saw the E Street Band. And at that point, I was 20, so 90, 99, might have been 2000, whatever that 15 show run at the arena was that year. It was 99. It was August 15th of 99, I believe. And it was the last show of that run, it was the 15th show. And I walked in, eh, and I walked out. It was like, it's like when you see those movies and the cliche thing where the preacher puts the hand on someone's head and takes it off and they've seen the light. And that's what I can best describe it as. I walked out of the Meadowlands Arena that night at the end of Rosalie. And I was it, man. I was sold. Hook, line, sinker, whatever cliche you want. I was all in on Bruce Springsteen. And... It was just a revelation. It changed my entire trajectory of the next 25 years and set me off on this path of just, it's just amazing of all everything that we are all here together talking about with you. It just, it's so many ways with music and everything. So that was it. That was the final. And then since then, I've been reintroduced, like going back to Tunnel of Love to put a bow on that. I like that album. It was okay. I got divorced. Man, that album became a big part of my life. When 9-11 happened and he put The Rising out, man, that was a big part of my life. So there's been all these moments over the last 25 years since then where I've been rediscovering Bruce and rekindling the relationship. Western stars meant a lot to me. It, it just seems that every time I have something going on in my personal life, my daughter's being born, it, there, there's things are happening that Bruce's music is intersecting with and becoming part of that part of the soundtrack of my life. So... It, that, that that's a really long answer, so I apologize, but that's, that's no. kind of the genesis of all of it. No, that's a perfect answer. I often say that you either need to have been married for a long time or had your heart broken before you get Tunnel of Love, and then I will have a 19-year-old tell me that's their favorite album. 
And I'm like, okay, we each, it speaks to us in different ways. But I do, right. like when you said that, I immediately nodded my head. I knew what you were saying. The songs he's talking about are not there. In a lot of ways, I had, I wish I could remember who, but he had someone on that says that Bruce keeps telling us how to, as he's exploring his life, he's sharing with us so that we could help learn it as well. Like how to deal with fame with maybe darkness and then how to handle a broken relationship with tunnel of love and how to deal with the grief of nine 11 going on to, and now letter to you, how discover with endings. So yeah, I, we're going to talk about the set list in a minute, but I do feel very sad that we're not getting anything from Western stars. I just was hoping, thought that they, my thought was if I had to put money on it, we would do Tucson train because Steven had done a version of it. It fits with it. I'd love anything on there. And so I'm sad. We're not getting any of that. I love the film. I am so jealous of everyone who was in that barn. I I wanted to be in that barn when they were filming it so bad. In fact, my wife looked at me like, you would love to be one of those people, wouldn't you? And I go, yes. So he put the album out and then it was contractual. I get why. Then the live album came out. I mean, it was, I felt 10 months later, right? The live yeah, exactly. came yeah. out. And I was like, what the frack is this? Yeah. And, and then I heard it and I was like, why wasn't this just the album? This yeah. is, it's, so, and again, I love the album, but the live version is just, it's just perfect in every way. It's just. Yeah, no, I would have bet if you said, hey, here's $1,000, bet yes or no, we're going to hear anything from that album, I would have lost that $1,000. To your point, I think, I thought Stevens Tucson Train version, some, especially with the horns, a place of Johnny 99 for the 15,000th time. Yeah. Why not knock out Tucson Train with that big extended horn thing? And I love, what is it? I always screwed up. I always call it Memory Motel, but that's the Stones. What, what's the last yeah. uh, song? Moonlight Motel. Moonlight Motel. Yeah. Memory Motel is like my favorite hidden gemstone yeah. song. So I always get it okay. confused. Black and blue. That's what, I, what a great album. Let's go check that yeah. album out if people are listening haven't heard it. But but yeah, the oh man, the wind just picked up. It's really weird talking about that song. If this gets too bad with the wind, I'll, I'll move this guy. Okay. So yeah, that I love that. And I, they, again, it's there's not a lot on that record that I think will translate to the full band uh, per se, but I definitely think there's a, a few candidates that would have worked really well for this tour. That yeah. unfortunately just haven't um, haven't made themselves known. Yeah, Eric, I always like to preface the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are. There are plenty of people that, based on economic situations where they're living, have never seen him live. Then there's other people that, if you happen to be going to college in the Northeast during the 70s, good chance you saw him plenty of times. But do you count how many times you've seen him live? I've lost count. It's somewhere in the it's somewhere in the thirties. Okay. Somebody was asking me this the other day because I took my 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 current girlfriend. She had never seen him, and um, so I just took her to the show for the first time. We went to the barbecue the next night on Labor Day, and some other guy had just seen him for the first time Sunday night, and he was just beside himself with how amazing it was. And so they asked me, "Have you seen him before?" And I always have to say, "Yeah, I've seen him about thirty times." And then people are always like, "Oh my god!" But then I realize. I can imagine, I don't know what your number is, Jesse, but I'm sure it's many times that, I'm guessing. No, um, in fact, what's in, so I grew up in Louisiana, graduated high school in 77, didn't move to Dallas till 84, no thought of seeing Bruce live. And in fact, there were a couple of things in my life. I liked him, but then just never had a chance to see him live, right? So right. then 2002, I missed him the reunion tour. I missed him. What was really sad is one of my favorite musicians is a woman named Sarah Hickman. And I adore Sarah. She's She now lives in Austin. But she actually opened for him at the Ghost of Tom Joad tour. And I did not know it. And I'm like, how did I miss, like, one, how did I not know Sarah was playing? And two, much less to see Bruce. But anyway, I went to 2002 tour. And it. I tell everyone, it was like I walked into a movie in the middle part. And I could tell it was a great movie. 
right. could tell it was this classic movie, but I didn't understand everything that was going on. And I had this desire to know more. And right. then a few years later, I, I'd be like, oh, wait. If Bruce doesn't come to Dallas, there's these things called planes and cars where I can go to the city where he's going and see him perform Eureka. So <laughs> Columbus was supposed to be number 20 and Phoenix would have been 21. So I had tickets for Tulsa, but I got COVID. I went to see him in Dallas, Houston, Austin, and that was when the band kept having getting COVID. And I woke up after seeing him in Austin that night. And I'm like, I don't feel good. And on Saturday yeah. morning, I woke up. I'm like, okay, I think it's finally my turn to get COVID. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got COVID seeing Billy Joel last fall in November. Yeah. So I think that's just, yeah. yeah. that's one of the things. A lot of people who do comic conventions and sci-fi conventions called con crud so i guess you can get concert crud too right yeah i think the other night i was in the middle of the floor we got like 25th row center floor yeah so we were literally surrounded on all sides by like yeah. sixty thousand people and I, I was like yeah this is probably gonna this is a good potential to get something covid or yeah. something else but luckily so far yeah. knock on wood we're doing okay since the show but all right uh, so one of the reasons why, one, I'm just so thrilled you're here. I feel like we could spend a whole hour just talking Berman and Bruce. But Mike DeRocco wrote a nice column about how he thinks currently some fans are having amnesia and are have unrealistic expectations, those are my words, not his, on the static set list. And you said no you pushed back said no i don't agree with that so how many times have you seen him on this tour and your thoughts about the set list so i've seen him once on this tour okay. originally i had planned to go to all three because last time on the river tour from a couple of years ago not the original one i was four uh, the i went to the second night at the stadium and then the third night he played like my all time every song i've never heard just in a row and i and i said i'm not letting that happen again i said this so, time yeah i'm sorry didn't mean to interrupt one of the things that's funny i was at that that was the only time i'm seeing him in jersey is i went to that second show the one with ended with jersey and the couple getting engaged and i was there so we, we yeah, shared that one it's the only show ever where at the end i said i've had enough if he came yeah. out to play another one, I'd be like, no, we're good, Bruce. That's yeah, four, the four hours. Yeah, it was four hours and four minutes, and it was the record for two days. And they came out at 4.06 yeah. Yeah. last night. But I felt the same way, and I, I, you know, I wasn't making – I'm doing a little better financially now, and I had yeah. 300 bucks in my pocket, and I just had moved into where I'm living now, and I needed a grill. <laughs> yeah. I found a grill on Craigslist, 300 bucks, a Weber, and I said, you know what? I had choice. I was going to see Bruce for the 28th time. Or I'm going to, and I just saw him for four hours, or I'm going to buy this Weber grill. And I yeah. bought the Weber grill, and it's the stupidest purchase I ever made in my entire life. I should have gone to night three. So this Every time this you time, use the grill, do you go, damn you? You know what? Honestly, <laughs> it's rotting out. It's rusting. And I don't well, I saw it, it in the back. I'm like, yeah. we were outside. I, was like, <laughs> I don't even cover it. I, I There's definitely like a, there's like a, definitely a passive aggressive hatred of this freaking grill uh, because of that that's absolutely true i don't think about it the way i talk about it but yeah there's something subconscious in me that hates sure. that grill and it's that yeah so this time i was like i'm not missing any of these shows and and honestly because again he, i'm spoiled he came through he did two nights in in long island did the garden and he did newark which is 10 10 minutes from where my, my girlfriend lives so I, in the fall so i said i'm gonna go to one of those shows and then i'll do all three stadium shows and then the set list just wasn't changing at all yes. and the arena tour was uber expensive compared to years past yeah now we'll get more into that compared to his contemporaries yeah. bruce is still i think fairly if not a little underpriced to be honest but but at the time i was a little sticker shocked with it and the set list wasn't changing and frankly most of what he was playing i've heard many times and again, that's not to say that every experience isn't amazing, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to save my money now and because by the time he comes back in the summer, this is going to open wide up 
like it always does. And it's going to be can't miss every night, different show kind of thing. And so that was my plan. And it just hasn't worked out that way. The set has not loosened up. Sunday night, by all accounts, was probably the best set list of the tour. And I was happy to be there for it. But even with that, it was only five or six audible. It was basically the same 22, 23 core songs he played Sunday night that he's been playing the whole time. So, you know, it is what it is. I, yeah. It was an amazing show, but definitely not loosening up the way it has in years past. And I don't think it's amnesia. I don't think that's fair. The Tunnel of Love tour was the same set list every night. And then I'm not counting the reunion stuff. But since the Rising tour, since the reunion tour, sorry, the reunion tour had its staples and it had its benchmarks throughout the set. But there was a lot of variety and there was a lot of songs played. And especially the Rising tour really opened up. And then those last tour, the River tour, every night was a free-for-all. And sometimes that didn't work. Sometimes it didn't have a cohesive set. It didn't really gel. It was just a hodgepodge. Yeah. It didn't have any momentum. But at least every night you were putting, you were paying your money down and you were getting something new for your money every night. I get, I come from the, in, the, in high school, I come from, I was a big deadhead in high school. I'm a big fan of Pearl Jam now. I'm a big, yeah. you know, you look at what Metallica's doing now. So it's a little disappointing as a fan, not because I don't think Bruce doesn't have the right to do the show he wants to do and tell yeah. the story he wants to tell, but I'm at the point where he's got 150 to 200 great songs. I was limiting it to just 25 songs every night in night out. It's disappointing for me as a fan, not just for me, but for other fans too, having a little empathy that everybody doesn't get to experience something because everything's great. Like, something different and, and something unique every night. You yeah. know, maybe that's selfish. Maybe we were a little spoiled the last 20 years, but I certainly think the criticisms are valid, or at least the concerns, even if you want to call them criticisms, the concerns are, are valid. Yeah, so what my thought is, first off, I always like to preface this. I think the people that absolutely have a right to complain and bitch are the people that prepaid for all the downloads for the U.S. leg and the European leg in advance, gave them all that money with the assumption that the set list was going to change a lot, so therefore I'm going to want every download. Right. I, If I'm them, I am going to Nugs and going, I want my money back. I want my let, let me talk to your supervisor. Let me talk. I'm to sure you they again. have. Has that not? I, I have not done a I, deep dive, but I got yeah. to imagine Nugs has gotten those emails and there's been money refund. I have to imagine. I, I haven't heard so. a lot of bitching. So if there's I not a lot of either. bitching happening. That means yeah. people are probably been satisfied financially at this. That's point. That's good. I hope so. So I where I run into troubles and I feel and that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is I think you have, and once again, these are opinions only. Someone wants to tell me they're full of shit, please send me an email, call me on my voicemail, 469-249-2442. Is I agree being disappointed. I understand being disillusioned. I even understand being a little irritated. Damn it, I bought these tickets thinking it was all going to be different. What I don't agree with is I'm angry and bruce is deliberately effing us over for not changing the set list it's like he's saying f you to the fans when i'm going we don't know what's going on in his mind again people are insane we know that thank you yes the internet doesn't help and social media really doesn't help that's something to keep in mind too social media is a place to come it's like not just social media but all these review websites 99% 99% of the time when people are coming on their compl- coming on the complain or bitch or moan or, yeah. or be heard about some grievance that no one in their day-to-day life wants to hear about. And again, back when we were younger, the guy, there was a crazy guy in every bar in America and he was the crazy guy and he yeah. sat at the end of the bar and you just ignored him because he was the crazy guy. But now the crazy guy has gone online and found every crazy guy in America to all commingle in, in one space like a lot of that's noise generally but so people being angry i put that aside bruce springsteen all he really at the end of the day owes you you put your money down you show up to his concert he owes you your money's worth for that ticket 
And nobody could have gone to that show Sunday night that I went to and heard basically the same set list and walked out feeling like they were gypped. That man and that band brought it for three hours straight at 74 years old. I walked out sweaty and exhausted. I felt hung over the next day and I didn't drink. I had a beer. Like I didn't, he kicked my ass and my girlfriend too. She's between the two of us. She, we both have seen hundreds of live bands and she walked out of there just, just blown away by what she witnessed. So I think especially in the Northeast, Jersey and Philly were very spoiled because we always get the most shows. And there's a certain amount of, I don't know what the word is, a certain amount of uh, entitlement, I think, that yeah. fans in this area feel. People that live in Dallas and in Oklahoma and in, in other areas of the country, Arizona, he comes through once every couple of years. So you take what you can get and you're happy with it. Right. But in this area, people are, and, and again, that's the, there's a, there, now on the flip side, there's a reason why Bruce can pull in the town and basically do, this year it's between New York and Philly, the stadiums, it's five shows, two got postponed and sell them out. But in years past, the, the Rising Tour, he came through and did, what was it, 18 shows or something? Yeah. In, in like a 200-mile radius, like, and sold yeah. every one of them out. So it goes both ways. There's a lot of people in this area that have given Bruce Springsteen a lot of money. And again, I would argue that they've all gotten every freaking nickel's worth back. Yeah. But there's this relationship and this expectation. And is it fair? No. But is it, can I understand it? Yes, I can put myself in people's shoes. Now, the again, if he comes out and he does an hour and he leaves, okay, let's talk. But he comes out and he kicks your ass for three hours. And, and honestly, anybody, no casual fan pre-bought three nights at Giants, I call Giants, MetLife. I still, I'll call yeah. it Giants Stadium for, for the yeah, rest absolutely. of my, my, yes. my time on earth. Yeah. MetLife Stadium. No one, no casual fan bought three nights worth of tickets for $380 a ticket or whatever it was. No right. one plucked down a thousand dollars as a casual fan. So that tells me you're a diehard. Okay. Yeah. And you, but if you're a diehard, he's been on tour a long time on this tour. He's done a lot of shows. He's been through America. He's gone to Europe and he's come back. And at no point has this set list changed. At no point was there ever any deviation off of what he's currently doing. So to show up night Song two here or there, right? Song here or there, but overall, but generally speaking, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. To it show is what up it is. to show up night two at MetLife and complain. What are you in it? What are you? What did you what do you mean? He did exactly what you thought he was gonna you had to have known. So you still showed up, and so I don't know what the complaints are. I really don't. People bitch about that, they bitch about the ticket prices which again, I think is overblown. Are they expensive? Yes. Compare, they're double the cost of the river tour six years ago, but the band is twice the size and we are going through a global recession. And I know people want to get political on that, but that's a fact. And yeah. in North America, we're doing in the U S we're actually doing much better than most of the world, but right. Bruce is touring the world. Yeah. So, and he's bringing a 20 piece band and they're flying and the price of, I don't know if anybody's tried to fly anywhere in the last year, but the price of airline tickets is still very high, especially yeah. going to Europe. Right. <laughs> try, to, try to go to Europe, forget it. So he's taking a 20-piece band all throughout Europe, and they're putting the show on, and it's expensive. It's expensive. And for his ticket, again, I was looking just last week, my girlfriend said, you want to go see Madonna? And I've never seen Madonna, but I know she puts on a great show. Again, I, I'm not just this rock guy. I can appreciate yeah. a great show. And I've never seen Madonna, and I'm a little bit of a fan. I got to be honest. Sure. I I was interested. Yeah, six hundred and eighty dollars <laughs> for a lower face value. That in the general mission pit, the dance with a bunch of sweaty people. Yeah, the thousand dollars face value. Right. Okay, I looked at Aerosmith tickets because they're they're and more for the Black Crows. I've, I've seen Aerosmith a couple of times. I've actually never seen the Black Crows, and I'm a huge fan. And they're so I'm like, let me see what the five hundred dollars face value yeah. before fees. So Bruce yeah. is coming in for half this price. Dave Chappelle, comedian, played Madison Square Garden, four shows, sold them out. God bless him. Yeah. Does an hour. Comes up, does an hour. He was charging $450 for lowers and selling them. Bill Burr, I saw Bill Burr a few months ago, $180 a ticket. For people to turn around and see like Bruce Springsteen, Paul McCartney and the Stones are way above Bruce's level. Billy Joel's right around the same price. Bruce plays over an hour longer than Billy. So 
based on the current market, I don't know what people are, you know, Broadway tickets, go look and see what, just a shitty Broadway show. I'm not talking to Hamilton. I'm talking yeah. about something that got terrible reviews that you go, the tickets are $150, $180 a yeah. piece, more. It's the state of the world. So yeah. to, to go after Bruce on the price of the tickets, I don't really understand that. And people's attitudes about he's got enough money. Like, what does that mean? Is he supposed to work for free? I don't understand the argument there. The man is coming to work. He's doing his job. Like he deserves to be compensated and compensated fairly. And honestly, Jesse, and I say this about everything, professional athletes, musicians, literally nobody in this world, you and I included, are yeah. overpaid. We are all paid exactly what our employers deem our worth to be. Yes. Okay. And I looked around that stadium the other night and there were 70,000 people who paid to see this man. We are by extension, his employers, right? Cause if we don't show up, he don't got a job. So we right. pay him, we hire him to do a job. So if people really were unhappy with, again, the job this man is doing and the return on their investment, the stadium would be empty. And then Bruce and company would go, Oh, we got to readjust something here. So, you know, I don't know what the anger is really because you don't have yeah. to go. You don't yeah, have to go. Eric, you and I are in sync. I and then uh, there are people. Look, this show is. There's plenty of tickets left. There, his audience is left. Look, there's going to be things. I just looked. Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks coming to AT and T Stadium, Jerry World. Cheapest ticket, hundred ninety in the bleachers. I love seeing Billy Joel. I've never seen Stevie Nicks. Could be a fun show. I don't want to pay 200 bucks. Now I will pay 200 bucks to be an upper level for Bruce, but that's right. my choice, right? That's it's it. your money. It's your yeah. choice. It's your enjoyment. And again, yeah. people have to make choices again. Like I, again, I'm lucky enough where I make a, a decent living, but yeah. I have that option to pluck down $760 plus 40. And it costs me plus a couple of beers at the show. It cost me well over $800 to see Bruce Springsteen Sunday night. Now, yeah. I can't do that every weekend. Some people can. I'm not one of those people. But I, I'm blessed enough where I've worked hard enough in my life to earn enough money where I can afford that on an occasion. And that's, again, yeah. the way I want to spend my money. I want to buy a yeah. $100 bottle of bourbon. I'll do that. I'll enjoy that. But I certainly understand what people say. That's a ridiculous amount of money to spend on that. Or, hey, I like cigars. You're spending how much on a cigar or a glass of wine? Whatever it is you enjoy doing, However, you want to allot your disposable income. We only get one trip around the sun, as far as I'm aware. Yep. Maximize your enjoyment and whatever it means to you in, in to, to do that. With that said, the dynamic pricing early in the tour was bullshit. It and was. Bruce deserved every bit of blowback on that. And his answers to the criticism were more pathetic than the actual happenings in my opinion what happened was disgraceful his lack of accountability for it was really disgraceful and i certainly understand people that say i was done with him at that point it was gross yeah, yeah it was really I, gross i tend to have a little more grace to people that i admire and i'm fans of though that can be very shaky at times a.e josh whedon I love Buffy Fireflies. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Never understood people to be. I love Woody Allen movies. I'm like, oh, how could you? And then I, Josh Whedon shows his. Oh, okay. Now I feel okay. Moving on. The idea. Okay. Bruce makes a lot of money. John Landau makes a lot of money. They have been in the entertainment business a long time. You would think they would have said, okay. Mr. You're really good at PR. Right. Help us craft how, what do we do? Instead, if anyone wants their money, that ask at the end, can I, I realize he was being sarcastic, but I get people being upset. My whole thing with it is yeah. you just to put a button on that. Again, I've always defended Bruce when he did yeah. uh, in terms of ticket pricing, when he did yeah. Broadway and was charging seven fifty. Now I saw the Broadway show. I paid $75. I sat in the balcony. It was an amazing show, a very small theater. I'm not, so there were opportunities to go yeah. for a hell of a lot less than $750 yeah. a ticket. I went once but, and did yeah. the middle range. Like three, three bills. Yeah, I, I blanked out, which I just said, Oh, I'm not going to think about that. Right. right. Yeah. 
I defended that because I would rather, and this is not just for Bruce. This is for yeah. Taylor Swift. This is for anybody that's touring. Yeah. I would much rather see the artists get that money than scalpers. And what is you put these tickets on sale and then without fail, you see them three, four times as much selling. So Bruce kept his tickets really in line for a lot of years at $150 a ticket the last time he toured on the river tour at the stadiums. And people were getting seven, eight hundred dollars a ticket in secondary market. So that money should be going again, should always be going to the artist. So I always feel like the artist should have the right to maximize their earning potential. The problem I have, what could have solved the problem I have is people were taking tickets, putting them in their cart on Ticketmaster, going to check out, and the ticket prices were jumping four hundred dollars in their cart. That is that's crazy. Yeah. And then what I and then again, I look at what Pearl Jam does, and Pearl Jam's a pretty big band, and they yep. play pretty big venues and they sell them out. So they're playing the same. Pearl Jam can come sell at MetLife Stadium next week. They could put tickets on sale tomorrow and sell it out for Sunday. Pearl Jam is every bit the draw still that, that Bruce yeah. Springsteen is on a night or two at a stadium. They are it, they comparable. Absolutely. Pearl Jam, if you buy a Pearl I looked, I almost flew down to Austin to see them because they're not touring around here. So to your okay. point, I, might, I almost jumped on a plane and went. Upper top of level ticket. So you buy a ticket for Pearl Jam. They set their ticket price at $150 with fees. I think it was $162. If you want to resell that ticket on Ticketmaster, you can, but you can only resell it for $162. There is that capability on Ticketmaster where the artist can set the resale value at the identical amount that you paid for it. It's resale for whatever, for face value. So if they, again, if they're worried about maximizing their money and, and cutting out scalpers, Landau and company could go ahead and set the ticket price and then just make secondary resale the same price and really solve a lot of these problems. A lot of it was the dynamic pricing. A lot of it was people buying up blocks of tickets and then scalping them for three times the money. Yeah. And then when that reflects poorly, the dynamic pricing reflects poorly on Bruce because he's getting every bit of that money. Yeah. The resale is another thing. So there are, and again, I'm not like, I'm not saying you have to be Pearl Jam in the nineties, take on Ticketmaster and all that and class, class action lawsuits and all that yeah. nonsense, but you can rig the system where your fans can buy tickets and if they want to resell them, they can only resell them for what they paid. Yeah. And you can really cut that middleman out, the scalper, if you wanted to. So this whole, again, this whole, the blowback I understood, but really the lack of accountability and response was really the shame of all of it. And it made it very difficult to defend him and anything that was going on at that time, to be honest with you. I couldn't. Yeah. I've kept you a while. So I'm going to wrap up shortly, though. I feel like we should schedule another interview and just to talk I, I feel like we just scratched the surface but i did want to ask are there songs you're chasing still that you haven't got to hear live chasing at this point no it's okay. i'm much more likely to be bourbon hunting a bottle that i can't find these days than chasing yeah. a bruce springsteen song mostly because i'm more successful hunting the bourbon <laughs> in my experience there are songs like again that night three I, i've never heard east street shuffle how i don't know i thought for sure i'd hear it sunday night didn't play it i'm now i'm hunting ghosts ironically because uh, he dropped it from the set list of course then one night i go what um, i was thinking is and i know a lot of people really happy with sunday's show they were ecstatic yeah that this was breaking up and i said somewhere there's someone going damn it i wanted to hear I'll see you in my dreams. I it's the only show he doesn't do. I'll see you in my yeah. dreams. Ghost, Damn I thought that way about Ghost. And and yeah. again, and, and to be honest, again, I can't that show was a 10. If he had yeah. played Trapped instead of Atlantic City, it would have been an eleven for me because I've never okay. heard Trapped either. But it was hard to bitch. It was such a great show. But when when Ghost didn't get played in and they played two hearts, I've seen two hearts 20, we all have 20 yeah. times. So when that was the audible for ghosts, I was like disappointed because I've never heard ghosts. But again, I'm not going to bitch. It was an amazing show. So here's but I'm my still story. hunting. So I'm sorry, yeah. really quick. I'm definitely hunting uh, Incident. I've never seen Incident. Again, missed it. MetLife 3. And I'm hunting songs that I've seen because yeah. I know, again, I, I saw them on the 92 tour. So I've seen uh, Living Proof, but I haven't seen it yeah. since my daughter was born. And I've seen My Beautiful Reward. But I haven't seen it since my daughter was born. And my daughter was, real quick, not to divert, but she was a micro preemie and she was born 11 okay. weeks early. And she spent 67 days in the NICU, the neo-intensive care unit. And it was really just a lot of drama. and So I used to sneak in, to not sneak in, they let me in. I didn't have to, <laughs> it's a bad way to put it. They, they knew I was there. But I used to go in when she was in that NICU in that little isolate, two, all two pounds of her. Mm -hmm. And I used to put my iPhone inside of her isolate and play music for her and 
I'd play different tracks, Tupelo Honey from for uh, Matt Morrison she loved. And I used to play my beautiful reward for her all the time. So that song uh, has a lot of personal investment for me. So I've heard it, but I, not since then. And all that tunnel of love stuff, like since my divorce, I haven't heard a lot of that. Stuff I have heard, but now it takes on a new meaning for me. So I'm rechasing things that that have, have taken on new meanings to me. Like Backstreets was one of those. The meaning of Backstreets has changed so much from when I first fell in love with it when I was 24. And it's obviously for Bruce as well. It's taken on this mortality plot more than anything. It was about friendship, but now it's about mortality. And I just lost a friend of mine from childhood, from junior high, my friend Paul, who was in my first band in high school when I used to, we used to have bands back then. We were not great, but we had a little band and yeah. we, he was my guitar player and he passed away at 47, just three or four weeks ago. He, he died suddenly unexpectedly. And Bruce is telling the story about last man standing and about his band and losing the members of his band. And this dope is behind me talking as loud as you can talk at the show to the point where I turn around and I almost, I, I it was close to being like in a fight at that point because I was just so in the moment there yeah. And then when Backstreet started, it was just that I got, I didn't cry. I didn't drop a tear, but I came real close because I got really, it was just a very emotional 11 minutes uh, span of time. So it's, I'm doing that now. So a lot of, again, like we said before, these songs, depending where they come yeah. into your life and where you rediscover them, depending on the point of your life. So yeah, I'm not camped out screaming for incident, like a lunatic every night of my life, but, but there's certainly songs I would love to hear again. I just sent you a link to an episode I had years ago where our father wrote the story. Him and his wife wrote together a book about their premature daughter, and he talks about playing Bruce music for her in Monero. So you'll appreciate that. Um, she didn't like him. She didn't uh, like him. Oh, yeah. His yeah, daughter no, they, did. She, his daughter she, did. She had the heart monitor going, and I would play Tom Waits, yeah. picture in a frame, and I would play Tupelo Honey, like I said. And yeah. her little heart would just be very steady. And I'd play Bruce and it was just, I don't know, maybe she was just getting like psyched. You're right, you know, getting, yeah, right. Getting ramped up, but that heart would just spike. And it yeah. was just like, she would just start like not, not loving it. But, but again, I was trying to play like my mother was doing to me when I was yeah. young, I was plant, planting the seeds. So maybe one day when she's 40 years old, walking around, she'll hear that song and just start crying for no reason and not even know why. Yeah. My first show was a rising show. I got Mary's place then but I've never had it since. And oh, you, since you can that, have it and keep exactly. it. Oh, see, Mary's place is one oh. of those. It reminds me of my grandparents on the porch when we were all kids shelling green beans and corn and that feeling of everyone is, and see, and that's the other thing that I, I get frustrated with is trap to me, just another cover song. See, I like, okay, big deal. You got another cover song. My favorite cover song I've never heard live is Jolie Blanc. Most people go, who the shit cares about this Cajun song, right? So we all have different songs. Yeah. What's Bruce going to do? Okay. Yeah, that goes back to my entitlement thing. So I've yeah. seen Mary's place 15 times because I went to all those rising shows yeah. and, and it just keeps coming back. And, and it, I, I, he played it the other night. And again, so you're like, my girlfriend's her first time seeing him. She loved it. Oh, yeah. It was great. Didn't know it. It was one of the yeah. few she didn't know and loved it. And I was sitting there just looking at my watch going, <laughs> oh, fuck. Yes. At least we're not doing the whole the whole callback thing in the beginning anymore. Can yeah. you feel it? Can you like yeah. back and forth? Oh, my God. Yeah. Thank God we're not doing that anymore. So at least it was yes. it wasn't one of those 16 minute or 21 minute <laughs> 10th avenues from back in the day. So absolutely at least we're not doing that anymore. But yeah. but yeah, to your point, but I'm spoiled. I've seen it a lot of times. And you're right. The first few times, I probably absolutely loved it. But that was a lot. I thought for sure, my bad luck, he was going to play Waiting on a Sunny Day the other night. And I was going to have to sit through that again with some child screeching at the end. I, thankfully, that yeah. didn't happen. But yeah. but yeah, that's part of the entitlement and, and having heard these things so many times. Yeah. All right. We will have you on again. Eric, we're going to do this again. We're going to talk about it. And I'll send you some ideas. But before I let you go, I end every podcast with a Mary question. So. Yes. Jay Armstrong is an honors English teacher who's now retired, but when he was teaching, he would give his students the lyrics to Thunder Road. They would treat it like a poem. They would discuss the imagery Bruce uses, the themes he uses, and they would ask the question at the end of his students, does Mary get in the car? Eric, that is your question. She absolutely gets in that car. Absolutely, she gets in that car because they're young and they're stupid. And they think that this is it. They think this is it. This is 
they're in love and they're never going to be in love like this again. And when you're young, what else can we do now? Except just get in this car and drive. And we got no bills. We got no kids. We got no jobs that we really have to worry about. We don't have careers. We have jobs. So of course you're young. You, yes, you drive. Jeez, when we were young, we get in cars, we would drive five hours to go see a band in a club. When now you're like, I have to drive out. No, I'm not doing that. It's a whole different thing. <laughs> it's a so, true um, thing, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. So when you, it's again, Thunder Road, again, just the whole, again, playing it the other night, that never gets old. I could hear Thunder Road every night of my life and never get tired. That's one I can never get tired of. My um, first eight shows, he never played it. That's yeah. Again, so was, spoiled. I, yeah, I think he's played at every show I've ever gone to for the most part. And yeah, I would never, especially with the Eastry band, maybe not with the Eastry band, but yeah, but I would never get tired of that song. And, and yeah, I, I definitely now do they stay to, when they get to wherever they're going? Are they together six months later? That's a different question, uh, Jesse, but I think they definitely, they take a shot in that moment. They're taking that shot for sure. I can guarantee that. I don't think that's debate. Is anybody debating that? Come on. I love it. I love it. If someone wants to reach you, how can they? Real quick, and then I'll tell you, reach me. I just want to we didn't cover this, and I wanted to get this out there. And if anybody's still listening, God bless you. But Jake Clemens, my God, talk about game balls. Jake Clemens gets the game ball. Max gets the second one. But Jake, Cle- without I don't know what this would be without Jake Clemens right now, to be honest with you, because there's so much sacks, especially Sunday night. There was a lot of sacks. And Clarence, God love him. I love Clarence. We all did. Clarence was falling off towards the end. He wasn't able to hit the notes anymore. He was getting older. He was a lot older than the rest of the band. He, he, I think he's in the 80s now. He wouldn't be able to do this. Like, realistically, Clarence Clemens would not be on the road either way if he was alive or not right now. And Jake, my God, didn't miss a no. Jungle Land, all of it. Is it Clarence? No. He doesn't have the spectacle, the mystique, the aura of the big man, but... Man, I walked out of there just like without Jake, I don't know what this would be right now. So shout out to Jake Clemens. And then for me, you can, again, if you want to reach me, it's really, I used X or Twitter, whatever we're calling it now. It's a work thing. I do a lot of work. My my job is an accessible media. So most of what I do is talk about products for the blind and audio products that I make okay. for the blind, audio description and stuff. So that's where you can find me if you, and hey, this was a nice detour talking about Bruce for sure. And that's uh, at IDC underscore E-R-I-C. And you can find me there if you want to talk about Bruce or if you, or if you've got any kind of accessible initiative you want to do for disabled folks, I can probably either help you or point you in the right, right direction, whether it be, like I said, something with audio or visual or something like that. Actually, I just, I reached out and I have to do it again because I've had a couple conversations, but I reached out to Van Zant and the folks at Teach Rock. And mm-hmm. I'm trying to see if I can maybe do a little partnership with them through my company. I work for getting their videos audio described. So blind students can also take part in that curriculum. So uh, that sounds beautiful. Hey, yeah. all right. So we're going to have you back. We're going to talk about favorite albums. We're going to talk about concert experiences. We're going to talk about that role and we'll do it again. All right, buddy. So much left to get to. And yeah, man, uh, I appreciate some of your, some of your address, maybe something uh, delicious will show up in the mail. You never know. Sounds awesome. All right, my friends. Thank you. <laughs> Listeners. Be safe, be kind. We'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. See you later. Thanks, Jess. Thanks. This was a blast. Have fun. Cool. I'll send you my address. Please do. I All look right. forward to talking again. Yeah, right. sounds now, listen, good. I hope he heals up and he comes back around. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. You, and you get to see him on this tour. Because this show, again, everybody can bitch. It's a great show. And I know you're going to love it. And then hopefully, if you make it out next summer for any of these shows, let me know. Yeah. And I'll buy you a beer. So I feel like I'm playing house money because I was at Dallas, Houston, and Austin. And in Houston, Austin, got a, if I was a priest. So I'm oh, like, okay. okay, I'm on house money. If I get nothing else, I got two. I got him doing, if I was the priest, I got lucky. Yeah. No, you can't. Again, it's just, it's, it's every time. It's just the fact that I even, I had this much doubt. I'm embarrassed because it just was, it was just as it's good as it ever was. It really was. It wasn't four hours, but it didn't need to be. No. And it's again, if the set list is right, that first seven, eight songs they tore off, it was the energy was insane. Even something in the night, mm-hmm. like when he, when he usually breaks it down in darkness, will take the energy out a little bit. Something in the night was intense as hell. And man, it was a great show. So I hope you get to see another one. And like I said, we'll talk again soon. Thank you, buddy. See you soon. Right, God, Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. You just heard the fun talking. 
hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.